real quick, we noticed a bunch of new listeners this week. For those of you who are just joining us, welcome. CityCast Philly is the daily podcast that keeps you up to speed on what's happening in Philly. Okay, let's get into the show. Today on CityCast Philly, there's a beautiful three-story Victorian home in Germantown. It's a residence, and it also houses the Colored Girls Museum, a museum dedicated to celebrating the ordinary Black woman. But someone recently called 311, reporting that the museum, well, isn't really zoned to be a museum. So what could this mean for the future of this space? I'm speaking with a reporter about what's next for this institution. It's Thursday, November 16th. I'm Trinae and here's what Philly's talking about. Erin Moselle, you cover housing and community development for WHYY's Plan Philly. Glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, glad to be here. The Colored Girls Museum. I mean, I visited this place a few years back and I was just amazed by how the curator Vashti Dubois created such a unique experience to celebrate black girls and black women in Philly. Erin, you spent time with her. What's it like inside? Yeah, it's probably one of the more, if not the most intimate art museums I've ever been in because of the location. It's this, as you said, three-story Victorian, and there's art covering almost every inch of it. Um, There's nine bedrooms in all. Um, There's stuff in the kitchen. There's stuff in the living room. There's stuff in the hallways as you go up the steps. Um, And so it is really like a very 360 experience when it comes to art, and every room is very carefully curated. So it's, it is a museum, but it is not a museum in the way that you think about, you know, the Philadelphia Art Museum or the Barnes. It's a completely different vibe in there. Right. Tell us a little bit about who Vashti Dubois is. She's the owner of the home. Right. So she has lived in that home on New Hall Street, which is just a quiet residential side street in Germantown for more than 20 years. And then in 2015, she agreed to host, I guess, a a Fringe Festival art show. And the museum kind of evolved from there. She is not uh, an artist herself. She has a background in nonprofits. But she always thought that the house sort of spoke to her in a way that it could be a, a performance space. And so after that Fringe Festival show, she thought that everybody would come pick up their art and they didn't. And then fast forward, you know, almost 10 years later and, you know, we have this Colored Girls Museum that's had, you know, more than 200 artists show their stuff there and done seven or eight different exhibits changing about every year. So it was not intentional for this to become a museum in the way that we see it today, but it just sort of happened organically, more or less. Wow, that's kind of funny that people left their stuff and it just kind of evolved into it. Erin, can you also tell me just about the impact of this space? Yeah, this is a very unique space, not just because it is a museum that is also a private residence, but because of the subject matter. Black womanhood, ordinary Black womanhood specifically, is not the focus of any other museum or believed to be the focus of any other museum. And so it's really um, believed to be a -a one-of-a-kind situation, not just because of location, but because of the content, that it's not about celebrating riches and luxury and, you know, high 
artists that are super well-known. It, it's about um, showcasing artists that are up and coming, artists that are mostly from Philadelphia and artists that focus specifically on celebrating sort of the ordinary things that make people special, that make Black womanhood special. And it's also attracted national, international attention, right? Right. Since it's opened, you know, it's been in magazines, it's gotten quite a bit of press going back probably to its start, basically. So it's it's not by any means a secret. And so that kind of plays into this case that we're here to talk about. Um, this is not an establishment that was trying to hide from the city. Um, it has very much been out in the open and, and publicly available to anyone who wanted to discover it. So when I was reading your story, I was like, did someone really snitch on them? Like, how did this museum become (laughs) threatened? Yeah, it's unclear exactly what happened. I did confirm with the city's Department of Licenses and Inspections that they got referred uh, a complaint that someone made through Philly 311, which is where folks can go to file kind of non-emergency complaints about things. And then that resulted in the museum getting a couple of um, zoning violations, which they then fought by by applying for the variances they would need, um, which would allow them to continue operating. And so that was rejected and that set up the hearing that we had this week before the ZBA, the Zoning Board of Adjustments, which is this independent panel that basically decides what gets built in Philadelphia and also makes decisions around what property owners are permitted to do with their homes. Like if they want to, you know, add another story to their home or add a back deck or something that, you know, isn't a use that is allowed by the current zoning code. Now, those are additions, right, to a, a property. But we're talking about the content that's on the walls, what's going on inside, conversations that can happen, who comes in and out of your home. I mean, that's kind of at your discretion. So how does the ZBA get to determine whether a home can be a museum or not? Yeah, this is definitely a unique situation. I don't think this comes up very often with the ZBA. But in the zoning code, there are provisions that essentially say you can't have a private residence and a museum in the same building. It's a little more technical than that, but that's essentially, you know, the bottom line is that a museum is, you can't run a museum out of your house um, without a variance, without some special permission. Um, And so that's why uh, they had to go and, and argue their case. Got it. And I just want to make sure that I have it clear. The ZBA, what are they asked to decide? They're hearing appeals. So somebody applies for a variance, which is a permission to deviate from the zoning code. And they're asked to decide whether or not that's acceptable, um, whether they're going to grant a variance or not, because whatever is being asked of technically is illegal, is, you know, is against the law. And so they hear from community groups, they hear from property owners about why they should be permitted to do something that's not actually in the zoning code, and then they make a ruling uh, on whether they think that's appropriate or not. So in this case, 
the, the folks from the museum made the case that, hey, I know that you're not supposed to be able to run a museum out of your home, but in this case, we think there's a lot of value here. Um, we've been operating for nearly 10 years. People support us. This is a well-liked institution. So in this case, we feel you should um, make an exception, give us a variance so that we can continue operating. Aaron, this is also interesting. I'm wondering, too, how vulnerable are other maybe small independent institutions in the city are, like art exhibits or other DIY spaces? Could people also make similar complaints? I guess it depends, yeah, on what space they're operating out of. I mean, there are other museums in the city that operate out of homes. Um, I'm thinking of the Rosenbach. So there are circumstances. It's not like this doesn't ever happen. Um, I think that just usually you don't have someone who is operating a museum out of a house and also living in that house. That is what makes this particular circumstance unique. Um, And so, yeah, I'm sure there are things in the zoning code that other operations needed to to jump over to operate. But in this case, this is a very unique situation because in most cases, at least maybe the only case this in the city where someone is living in the same space that they're operating a museum. All right. That was Aaron Moselle, housing and community development reporter for WHYY's Plan Philly. Aaron, thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. My pleasure. Read more about Aaron's reporting on this story by clicking the link in our show notes. After we taped this conversation with Aaron on Tuesday, on Wednesday, the Zoning Board of Adjustments had a hearing. The board decided to postpone the vote that could determine the future of the Colored Girls Museum. Vashti Dubois also agreed to no longer live in that house to create an easier path to keep the museum open. We'll keep following this story. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode about zoning in the city, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter, Hey Philly, to learn more about what else Philly's talking about. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. See you then. Bye. Bye.